Hey, in this episode, we chat with Cody Monkman. Cody and I have known each other ever since he was a student at ISU, and he is now the director of the Neighborhood Care Center in Clinton, Illinois. This episode may really help those of you who are asking that ever so important question. So what does a mature mission look like? Now, you have to remember that no two missions are the same, but the care center is an example of what it looks like to have a mission go through the three developmental stages of a team, a group, and a gathering. So if you have been having a hard time imagining what your mission would look like as it matures, I think you'll find this story to be very helpful. So welcome to We Have Permission, a podcast designed to awaken and empower the ordinary person towards one extraordinary mission. Your permission starts now. All right. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Cody. Thanks, Pete. Man, I've been waiting a long time to do this with you because I think you have a... Well, we've had we've been on a journey now for a while, and it's been really fun to be able to see how the, the care center has taken shape and become what it is today. And um, today, what what I'm kind of excited about doing is helping people define three things. Uh, there's three terms that we have been tossing around for a while, and that is teams, groups, and gatherings. And in a very neat world, we have those three things defined, and yet the world is just not neat. Um, and yet, I think we all go through those stages because teams are connected to mission, our groups are connected to community, and then our gatherings are connected to worship. And if all that doesn't make sense, hopefully just listening to Cody's story, we can piece this thing together. So, Cody, why don't we just start by talking about how did this care center thing actually start um, for you? Yeah, so I serve at a local church in central Illinois, yep. and our church leadership went through a vision process. Now that came this term care center, but no one really knew what a care center would look like, how it would function, um, but the church did did have a traditional food pantry and financial assistance and out of that vision process we did conclude that this church is known for its benevolence yeah. services to its community so, so so there was a benevolence thing already going mm-hmm. what was that like before this process went through of a, a vision statement or whatever yeah um I guess before, so before the the vision process, it was financial assistance was very transactional. Um, As long as you provide proper identification or whatever, there's a a transaction that takes place over literally a counter. Right, right. Um, You might exchange your name. You might pray with them, but that wasn't necessarily like the goal of that. Right. Um, and then the traditional food pantry as well was transactional. Um, I guess you could say a handout of yeah. sorts. So, so how did the vision process change things? Was it a different, did you come up with with a, with a different vision? Well, the idea the, of, the there, there were a few big ideas with the care center that it would be a hub 
At that time, the term hub was being used. Okay. A hub that collaborated with other local churches, nonprofits, to help people really break the poverty cycle. Okay. So, um, what kind of changes would be required? Uh, I'm not really sure at that point people knew exactly... Right. what that looked like but so initially you had this transactional we should just this transactional process where you could say we should we should be handing out some food to people that need it and so it was it was just what you'd probably think of of in a transactional situation but there seemed to as time went on develop a deeper dream for what that could be absolutely and that yeah. dream included helping to restore people on a more holistic level. If I'm, if I'm yes, as, right. ti- as time unfolded, it was um, you know being rooted in our Christian faith. If we're really going to be a part of the transformational process okay. of someone's life, our faith is central to that, and it's uh, through the Holy Spirit, right? right. So um, that was probably one of the biggest guiding principles was to promote above anything else kingdom just point people to jesus with whatever we do and welcome the spirit in and and pursue relationship with god but also relationship with others and it's through that relationship transformation will take place and that's where we started moving from the traditional sense of a food pantry or financial assistance into that more holistic okay so so as that transition happened did you feel like you're all by yourself? Did you feel like you had some other like-minded people with you? Oh, I knew that we had some. We had some like-minded people, um, but obviously, pre-care center, we weren't collaborating together. Um, you know, I probably could think of at that time maybe three to five people that understood the importance of relationship when it came yeah. to kingdom work. Okay. Um, and valued that yep. and also would be a good culture fit in pursuing a different approach to outreach. Yep. And so, yeah, in those beginning stages, it was bringing in those key people that I already knew had the right heart. Right. And get them into the same circle and then we figure out task stuff later. Yeah, because you said that it was off an, an awful lot of discovery as you went, right? It was a lot of trial and error. A lot of trial and error, mm-hmm. but you knew you had a few like minded people and here we go. You got a you got a you got a dream and you got a couple people and you started experimenting and off you went. Now we don't need for lack of time, we don't need to go through all the experimenting that you went through and you know sure. talk about all that. But but the next definition, so, so that would be, in my definition, a team. So you, you had a team of like-minded people for a common goal, mm-hmm. and you were going after something. I don't believe that something is termed a group. or Yeah, I, I don't believe that. I, I, I like the term group to include the definition, and the definition to include that people are joining into this that you're actually reaching. In other words, it's not just people from your church. Maybe there's people from another church mm-hmm. or people from town or people from... So can you just explain how that happened and maybe an example of, of, of a person that just said, hey, this is awesome. Maybe even a recipient, sure. a neighbor that yeah. ended up jo- joining in and kind of contributing. 
So that idea, I mean, early on, it was that that word collaboration piece. Yeah. That from the from the vision process, and so uh, something that I think is important for everyone to know is that the church I serve at is in my hometown, uh-huh. and so I are I have some established relationships inside and outside of the church, and so uh, in pursuing collaboration um, and trying to figure out the group idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it was knocking on doors, um, shaking the bushes, so to speak, and building that trust that yep. we are only about kingdom. Yes. We're not about man's kingdom. Yes. We are pointing people to Jesus. Yes. And that seem, seems to be the common denominator that everyone, it's much easier for people to get on board when the common denominator is Jesus. Yep. And that's what our focus is. And so... Um, we, we did pull in some other believers that are involved at some other local churches that um, I'm in relationship with um, in some some way yeah. um, and shared some of the mission and the vision and where we want to go with this. And um, we talked about some of the spiritual disciplines that we want to practice mm-hmm. to help shape the right culture that we want. And trying to move away from that traditional sense of a food pantry to a more holistic um, mission. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so stress with team. Now, now you've got other people joining in. Now you got you, you got a group, and the next definition would be a gathering. And in my estimation, a gathering is when a group just gets really mature. And a group just becomes holistic. A group just becomes full apest. There's there's apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, shepherd, and teacher manifested out of this group. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's exactly what happened. Even though you may not have been trying to to, mm-hmm. to do that, can you give some examples of how some of those giftings kind of rose their head? Maybe not with a specific person, but maybe even just sure presence of some of that stuff that kind of makes so you I think, whole yeah so i think what's important for everyone to know is um so our mission at, with the neighborhood care center is to transform rural neighborhoods by coaching and releasing unified and obedient courageous kingdom workers hmm. say that can you say that one more time that's really good the Neighborhood Care Center exists to transform rural neighborhoods mm-hmm. by coaching and releasing unified and obedient mission partners. That's awesome. I said kingdom workers the first time around, but it's really mission partners. Yeah. Okay. That's the term we use. Okay. Great. Um, so that's our mission, and that's where I think um, – so I remind people all the time that the Neighborhood Care Center does not exist to – Feed people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is something we do, but we exist to see transformation. And we do that by coaching and releasing mission partners. Yeah. And so that's that's huge because in our culture of the care center, it is helping. My phrase before knowing about the APEST was uh, helping people be the best image bearers of Christ yeah. that they can be. Yeah. That was the, the phrasing that I would would use and still use. Yeah, same and thing. we do that through coaching. Sure. And so the way that that has um, manifested itself is 
you know, in those early days, we were getting to know people simply by just serving alongside them, whether it was stocking the shelves or even serving local families when, when the care center was open to the public. You get to know other mission partners by name. You get to know their stories. Yeah. Um, you get to know how they heard about the care center, why they like to show up at the care center. And as we get to know our mission partners, we get to to learn using the APES terminology, whether, you know, are they apostolic or prophet, evangelist, yeah. shepherd, teacher? Um, and then through that coaching idea, if we can find a way in our corporate ministry to help breathe life into that gifting of theirs, uh, we will. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think of uh, some of our mission partners who are more apostolic. Um, we have given them opportunities to lead others into doing ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them have kind of turned into coaches themselves yep. in coaching other mission partners. Yep. Uh, some of our more gifting prophets, they tend to get to flex that spiritual gift through leading our mission partners through prayer, or maybe it's some of our mission partners that play a role with Neighborhood Market that we call hosting, Mm -hmm. where they ask local families, how are you and your people? Mm -hmm. And then they facilitate just that conversation, checking in on people. And those open up opportunities where you get to speak truth into someone else's life. Maybe they're down and hurting, and you just get to remind them that they're made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. Uh, You get to reaffirm truths that we know from Scripture over them. And sometimes we do offer prayer. I can't say all the time we do, but um, if the Spirit leads, um, that's something that our hosts will offer. So people get to flex that spiritual gift. Probably more often than not, because I've been a host a few times, and almost most people... yeah. Will accept that prayer. Absolutely. Opportunity. So, yeah, uh, yeah, really yeah. Good. So, I mean, those are some examples of how the APEST has come to life. And as you know, right now we're working on a project called the Dream Corner. Let me that, let me let me pause you on yes, that. Okay, I want to end okay, with that one. Okay. Okay. But one other aspect I think where the shepherd kind of ro- the shepherd gift kind of rose its head was on Tuesdays and Thursdays at noon. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so a, a great example of how the shepherd gifting has manifested itself is as our mission partners were serving alongside each other they decided hey maybe we should have lunch together Mm -hmm. Um, i think prop if i were to be honest in the early stages when we didn't have as many mission partners it was probably out of convenience because it was a little harder for us to get out of the care center before opening up to the public but as time has went on, that has become a very precious um, half hour, 45 minutes, where people get to breathe a little bit. Um, sometimes uh, we will uh, pray together. So- sometimes it's not a formal prayer. Um, you know, yesterday I, I saw one of our mission partners made a post about their devotional for the morning. Hmm. And so I asked them to just share with us how God's, how God moved in them yesterday morning. Awesome. And so that was just some intentional conversation. While over, you guys are prepping and getting ready. That was over lunch. Over lunch. Over okay. our lunch. Okay. Just trying to, you know, it's 
capitalizing on that time we have around a table to have some intentional conversation. Yep. Um, so we, we have conversations like that over lunch, and it's really become a valuable time. The thing that I love is um, I never initiated that. Um, I think Absolutely. that goes to our coaching culture where people are own. There's some autonomy to uh, people's personal ministry within mm-hmm. the corporate ministry of the care center. Mm-hmm. We we do invite people to create ministry where there is none. That's one of our core values, and I think the lunches have been one of those examples of that. And even that devotion is like a form of teaching. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just like these are things that you don't necessarily focus. It doesn't seem like you're focusing. How can we get teaching in here today? Or how can we? It's just keeping the focus on Jesus. And those things all sort of start manifesting themselves Mm -hmm. over time. I found just yesterday I got to the care center about three or four hours later than what I usually do. I had some other meetings and... I found out that our mission partners, they initiated on their own before they got started that morning to circle up and pray for a local church that had a fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and there's a few other local churches that are going through some transitions. And I obviously wasn't around for that, but the culture is one where our mission partners are encouraged to create ministry where there is none. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that's pretty cool that things like that get initiated. That's so, so cool. So this, this, is, this is probably not, if, if, if I'm talking to the average listener here today, this is probably not the exact path that God's going to take you on, but this is the path that he has taken the care center on, he's taken Cody on. And I think the point that I really want to make is that there was a dream set deep in his, in his heart, there were some teammates to do it. They end up figuring it out on the way. They started bringing people into that that became more of a group. And as that group has developed and matured, it became a gathering. And now once it becomes more apest full, you can't help but think about multiplying. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you, can't, you can't help but think about making the full circle and say, okay, what other, maybe, maybe other care centers in the future that might happen. But also, maybe more importantly, what people within that context might have some unique dreams within them and just as you got released to have a dream now it's time for you to help release dreams in other people so i know that that just naturally came about with a passion for years and something called the dream corner so Mm -hmm. talk talk about that how that's let's just talk about your dream yeah so um really even in those early days of the care center my verbiage that i would use is that the care center is just a platform for mission partners to do further ministry. Hmm. Okay. Um, that's the verbiage I used then. I would say things have gotten more refined um, today to where uh, I do regularly distinguish with our mission partners that there is corporate ministry. Yep. And so we do corporate ministry when through the care, Neighborhood Care Center when it's hard for us to do something like that on our own. Mm-hmm. But if there is kingdom work that we can do on our own and through coaching, we can provide autonomy and encourage people to just live out the A-Pest. So what do you we mean want to encourage when you, when you say corporate ministry is where 
for example, with Neighborhood Market, it's set up like a local grocery store mm-hmm. uh, with the shelving. and I mean, it looks very much like any grocery store that you would go into on a typical day. Yeah. To pull that off on your own would be really hard. Yeah. Uh, just with financially, a building, all that kind of stuff. So that is consider what I would consider corporate ministry where we can come together okay. and we can uh, provide a space to do unique kingdom work. Yeah. There's a lot of kingdom work that you can do on your own. You don't need I that see. God has gifted you in a way that okay. you can just blossom and maybe it's you just need to be coached and released to live out how God has wired you. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of where we are at with the neighborhood care center is a lot of our corporate ministry, even though it's trial and error, we, we, we've kind of understood more about like, what does this look like? What does corporate ministry take in our rural context? And now we're really focusing in on how can we be intentional about using the corporate ministry to launch people into personal ministry yeah, and kind of fan that apest flame. Yep. And so the dream corner came about. And the idea is there is a corner in the care center facility that uh, will be a space kind of like a sandbox mm-hmm. where there will be a lot of sensory things for people who feel a, um, a desire that's been placed in their soul by God, but they just don't know what to do with it. Sometimes yeah. they just need a soundboard. They need they need to play with the physical realm to understand the spiritual realm yeah. a little bit yeah. and refine it. that a bit. That's what the Dream Corner is going to be all about. And now a lot of the Dream Corner, frankly, it it, it doesn't have to happen in that corner. Yeah, it's, sure. it, it's something that I easily could take some of those resources, put them in my backpack, and sit in someone's dining room. But when you put it in the care center, out for everyone to see, it shows that it's a priority. Absolutely, yes. You know, and yeah, yeah. They could do it at home, but but why why would we take this high priority and put it behind the curtain? Yeah. So absolutely. you're putting it out there for everyone to basically say this is something we value. Yeah. So we are in the middle of this. The dream corner is not fully furnished. It's yeah. probably going to be a process. Yeah. Several month process, but we are in the middle of creating a space in the care center intended to launch people into personal ministry. And here's what that could look like. Uh, we I got approached by a lady young lady um, who just really feels a call by God to do some kind of ministry with mothers, single moms, and and babies. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to talk to me about it. Um, COVID-19 happened, and it's been hard to get together. But that is someone who, when the Dream Corner is up and ready, furnished, has the resources and everything... Bring her in. Mm-hmm. She can spill out what is in her chest that God has put deep in there. Mm-hmm. And we will have tangible sensory resources and things where she can play around with with this idea yep. and try to figure out how this God dream can come to life 
in a personal ministry way. Yeah. So it's very intentional that this isn't to create more corporate ministry. Mm-hmm. This is to help her figure out how how she can do ministry and kingdom work on her own with some autonomy. Yeah. Um, and reminding people that all great things start small. Yeah, and I was just going to say, I think that's something we learned this year is really everything starts in twos and threes. I mean, this is this is God's design. Everything organic starts that way. It's how families start. This is just this is just God's way. And yet, we want to start big. I mean, the temptation is we want to start. Hey, that that care center is rocking and rolling. They got a big building, and they mm-hmm. got like a little grocery store there. And I, got, I want to do the same thing. And they want to. They start with the building. And they start with all, and it just it just falls on its face. Instead of saying, "Hey, what's that deep dream? What's that? What's that thing that's stirring within you?" And to start with two to three, and it might turn into that again. You know what I mean? Like the next, the the who knows where people are going to end up out of this dream corner that you're launching out. It it may stay in just multiple twos and threes, and just creating that kind of a of a ministry. It it may it may end up growing into and following some of the same pattern that the care center took in a very different way on the other side of town. Yeah. And I, and I, and I would say too, um, fairly regularly, um, even our current mission partners sometimes fall into this trap of, I want to be involved in this corporate ministry and that corporate ministry and this corporate ministry. Cause we have 15 different programs yeah, in the right, care center right, right. and so i have to remind people okay if you're serving in all those different areas look at how many hours a week you're giving to corporate programming corporate ministry mm-hmm. or big organized things and in the meantime our mission is about transformation yeah bagging apples at a neighborhood market is not transformation mm-hmm but getting people to see that is something that you do, mm-hmm. but we while bagging apples, we need to be pursuing or uh, pursuing mm-hmm. restoration. That's really good. And so sometimes I even have to help people redirect them because yep. so, it is easy for us to get caught, and the goal is to get involved in big big ministry and, and maybe just on a bigger level, becoming a transactional ministry again. Absolutely. You yes. Yes. You want to yes. keep this about Jesus. Yes. Okay. So to end with, um, here's here's your chance, Cody. Uh, the listeners here on the other side of this microphone are your first people. <laughs> They're your first people that are sitting at your dream corner right now. What do you tell them? What's God stirring in your soul? 